Hello and welcome to the Fit for Privacy podcast, the podcast for those who care about privacy. I'm your host Punit Bhatia and here we have conversations with industry leaders about their perspectives, ideas and opinions relating to privacy and data protection matters. Before we start, a quick disclaimer that the views and opinions expressed are not legal advice. So let's get started. Hello and welcome everyone. Today we have another unique episode and I really mean it because we have somebody who calls himself chief burnout officer. Yes, you heard it right. I'm not talking about chief privacy officer, chief operating officer, but chief burnout officer. And he runs the breakfast leadership network as well. So as you can understand, our guest is unique and he has unique perspective on privacy, on life and on different matters. And we are going to have a wonderful conversation. I am talking about Michael Levitt. So Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. So it's great to have you. What's your story? How did you get into what you are doing? Back in 2007, I was hired as a healthcare executive and for a startup healthcare organization, and as many people know that you know, launch businesses, you put in a lot of hours, and I was basically putting in hours from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. seven days a week, and I did that for two solid years, and then it all came to a crashing halt uh, in 2009, where over a period of 369 days, so just over a year, I had a heart attack that should have killed me. I lost my job during the Great Recession in North America, and then a few months later, my car was taken back from the bank, and then finally, my home went into foreclosure, so I lost my home. So home, car, job, and health all were lost in a year, and all of those things happened to me because I was burned out. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't getting any exercise. I wasn't eating well. I was making mistakes at work, and it all came to a crashing halt. After recovering from that and uh, you know, changing things in my life so I would never burn out again, I started recognizing a lot of people around me were burning out as well in, in healthcare and other industries. So I decided to start researching uh, a little bit more on burnout and you know what caused it. And then I started writing about it. And then I started uh, a podcast show, The Breakfast Leadership Show, and, and launched that. And then I started speaking at uh, conferences and with organizations across the globe on how to prevent burnout. And uh, that's what's been uh, you know, pretty much my vocation for the last several years. Wonderful. It's quite, I would say, touching and a little bit uh, frightening as well, the story. But are you saying, I know, uh, I would like to ask you questions on privacy, and this is a privacy podcast. But we as privacy professionals also go through a lot of stress and we also go through a lot of hard work. But I would like to ask you, are you saying that working from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. is not good? Or are you saying there should be some other things we should do? What are you saying exactly? Because most of us, especially entrepreneurs these days, I mean, of course, if you are in a good corporate job, then also you do that. But as an entrepreneur, also you do a lot of hard miles, if I may call it seven days a week. Uh, 20 hours. I mean, like our friend uh, Elon Musk says he does 120 hours, which is a little bit even beyond comprehension. But then we have stories that he had takes some uh, additional supplements. Let's put it like that, <laughs> for lack of better word. Exactly. <laughs> so what are you saying exactly? 
uh, for the majority of us. Now, there's always those individuals like Elon Musk or Gary Vanderchuk that can work extremely long hours and they, they don't. They don't get stressed, and yeah, Elon. I know we, you know, especially on the uh, Joe Rogan show, we've seen him, you know, take some of those additional things that probably help a little bit. But for the majority of us, we can't do that. Our bodies aren't designed for that. Our bodies need rest. So what we need to focus on is blocks of time where we're doing just work and times that we're relaxing and recovering. And if we can design our days that match up with how we are wired and you know, our genetic makeup and everything like that, we'll accomplish a lot more because we'll be deeply focused on what we're doing at the time that we're doing. Privacy is such a big thing. And uh, you know, everybody that you know, is watching and listening to this, you know, I completely understand the role of privacy. When I was in my healthcare role, that was one of the things that I had to watch out for because health records are very important because you need to protect the privacy of patients, all of their information, because pretty much everything about that patient tends to be you know, captured in the medical record, whether it's you know, their their bio, you know, their biogenetics, their health, their weight, all that stuff. But also if they're, you know, dealing with certain issues in life, that is also documented, whether they're having marital problems or, you know, problems with their family or anything like that, that gets documented in those records. So we as privacy officers and people that work in, in IT need to make sure that that information is protected. And it can be very stressful. But again, you have to design your work life where you have, a harmony of work and not working. And when you do that, you'll feel better. You'll have reduced stress. And without stress, you, you can't burn out. So you're saying you can work as many hours as you want, but your body is designed to take rest. So give it opportunities to rest, give it opportunities to think different, have some leisure activity in between, and then listen to your body. It's so critical because when you are rested, you will see things. If you're constantly working and you're not getting any rest, then you're not going to see things. And in privacy, you may you may not see a, a privacy breach that's starting to happen, or you might overlook something where it leaves a door open for a privacy breach or uh, malware or you know cyber attacks or things like that. And you can avoid that if you're rested when you're doing your job. Yeah, I think in any job. Rest helps, but in privacy, since you're having to focus on so many dimensions, it's even more important. In fact, I can give you an example. I usually learned that you should, you know, utilize time. That's what normally the self-help people say. So whenever I was going for a walk, I would put in the, uh, the earplugs and I would listen to a book. And at certain point in time, it was a bit too much. And then I read another book which said you should give yourself free time. That is not do anything time. So I said, okay, let's practice it. And that evening when I went for a walk for first 15 minutes, I didn't listen to anything. And I found it was refreshing because I allowed things which are happening during the day. I allowed things which I'm listening to be processed and analyzed. And then thoughts were flowing freely saying, oh, I have to take care of that thing and that, that, that. And then when I came back, I just made notes. These are the things to do. So it was so refreshing. And that was a very different thought. Normally say, do this, do this. It was don't do anything. It allows you to recharge. I, I fully support that and agree with it. And I do that often where I just I don't have 
the music playing. I don't have my phone in my hand. I don't have the computer open. I can sit out on my balcony or I'm going for a walk and I'm just observing and listening to, to nature and, and not doing anything else. And it helps you get grounded. Uh, it helps your breathing. Uh, it helps a variety of different things and gets you, you know, more in touch with what's around you because often we are completely oblivious of what's happening around us or we constantly have noise, you know, whether it's music playing or podcasts or the news on television or anything like that. It, it's good sometimes just to shut everything off and, and just be. And, and when you do that, it, give, it relaxes you and it allows you to have more clarity in your life. And when you have clarity and you can see things, you're going to be a better person working and protecting privacy of, of the information that you were hired to protect. So I'm curious to know and ask, what does privacy mean for you? Because you mentioned you were in healthcare, now you're in burnout space. So what does privacy mean for you? For me, if I had one word, I would say safety or i would say protection but basically the same thing mm -hmm. privacy is protection for the information that your customers clients patients whoever you serve entrust you to hold for me to give you information that is you know personal about me or any type of stats whether it's credit card information or you know demographics or anything like that as a client or customer or whomever, we are trusting you to protect that. So privacy means my information will only be seen by who should see it and no one else will be able to see it and it's protected. So protection is the, the word that I think when I think about privacy. Good. That's interesting. You seem to know also about privacy. And the question then would be, you may have heard of this law called GDPR. There's a lot of noise about it. What mm -hmm. one word that comes to your mind when you think about GDPR? The word that comes to mind on this one, I, you know, I, I could easily say safety or protection. Yeah. But the thing that really jumped out at me when you know that legislation uh, came into law and was passed uh, was. Uh, and the word that I'm looking for, and I just had it, and it just escaped me, but it, it was basically, let me, let me kind of flush this out a little bit. It was long overdue uh, because I think there wasn't, oh, consistency, thank you. There wasn't anything. Everyone was trying to do privacy, and most organizations are good, but there wasn't a standardization of what that actually looked like. So by the law, it created you know, a standardization of what privacy should look like to give all of the privacy professionals out there the guidelines that they need to do to make sure that they meet these requirements. Because before that, everyone was doing everything that they thought they should do. But this way, at least there was a overarching body of rules and regulations that everyone has to follow when it comes to that and it's, it was long overdue and i wish you know the rest of the world would apply it in you know different industries as well especially in the united states or or canada or other parts of the globe uh because you know some of it was specific to you know that region but i think it's important especially in a global economy global access to information i i think it's important that there'd be a standardization across the board wonderful and 
will switch between privacy and your core competence that's burnout and if i may ask how would you define burnout for a layman i know you defined it saying somebody working long but a lot of people work long so what how do you define or how do you you know uh, feel it or pick it like in, uh, you have written, written this book burnout proof for 369 days and you talk about how do you pick it up early what are the signs what are the symptoms yeah burnout is when you are overwhelmed when you have physical and mental stress that's prolonged over a long period of time and that can be over several weeks several months or several years uh, it happens when you're just emotionally and physically drained and you're, you're not able to keep up with the constant demands of life. Now, some common signs that we see with people that are burning out is one, they're not sleeping well and they haven't been sleeping well for some time. You know, they toss and turn. And that's a big problem because we repair the damage we do to ourselves on a daily basis when we sleep. If we don't get good sleep, we're not repairing that damage. So today's damage will then get piled onto tomorrow's damage the next day and the next day. And then you can start running into some significant mental and physical problems. Other signs of burnout is a lack of motivation. You know, you're not motivated to do anything, not just work, but fun things in life that you like doing as well. Uh, you just don't feel like doing them anymore. Uh, an additional sign of burnout, which, of course, is a huge, huge concern for those that work in privacy, is you start making mistakes at work. You're not clear headed. You don't see things as clearly as you did before. And again, that creates opportunities for potential you know, gaps in protection as far as the privacy that you know, you're hired to to handle and when that happens that can you know really create a big problem uh, and then another sign also is you're more irritable than normal so little things that aren't normally a huge concern seem like the the biggest challenges in the world and it's just because you're constantly under this pressure and stress to perform and you're overwhelmed by everything that you have to do so those are the common signs that i see with individuals and with teams that are burning out Okay, so consistent, sustained period of either lack of sleep or lack of motivation or making mistakes or being irritable over a continuous period of time. And if it's sustained over longer, longer duration, it tends to manifest into what we call burnout. Yes. Okay. And then what is the relevance of privacy in context of burnout? I mean, would privacy matter because it's such a painful thing for somebody to have a burnout would they seek privacy or how would privacy play a role in that oh it definitely is a huge issue especially with some of the individuals that i've worked with in the past because i've worked with fortune 500 companies and individuals and many of these organizations well actually all of them that are fortune 500 uh, tend to be publicly traded so they you know the, their companies uh, are on the stock exchanges across the globe and what would happen is if it got out that the CEO of a certain company uh, was burning out and they weren't, you know, healthy, they weren't doing well, that could impact that stock price, costing investors millions or billions of dollars. And, you know, then all of a sudden you have a huge problem. There's news in the press, you know, the, people are leaving the organization it would be a gigantic mess. So, for me, you know, in a lot of organizations, especially people like myself, and when we work with different companies, we normally like to say, yeah, I work with this company, I've worked with this company and whatnot. 
But because of privacy reasons, I can't tell people who I've worked with uh, because it would violate the privacy of that individual or that team that was dealing with a pretty significant challenge of stress and burnout. So for me, you know, privacy, even, of course, you know, working in healthcare, as long as I did, you know, it was always an important thing for me. But even, you know, in this role now, you know, I, I treat things as as private as possible. I don't tell anybody who I work with. It's the communications between myself and that individual. Oh, you know, my team may be aware of, you know, the organizations I'm working with, but again, they're, they sign all kinds of different things and I, they get limited access to uh, any type of records or documentation that I keep, you know, on, you know, the notes that I take and my consultations with these organizations or individuals. So it's, it's critically important to protect, you know, the news of somebody burning out from, somebody because unfortunately mental health still has a stigma in society and everybody goes oh wow you know the ceo of this company is burning out oh wow i guess that company is going to go down the tubes or he you know they must be a bad organization to work for well you don't want that out there because that may not be true but again protecting that information is so critical absolutely i think it's like it is health data and that too of very sensitive nature and i'm um, i'm kind of speculating if somebody has a burnout and they tell their insurance just to take some health benefit or say salary benefit or whatever and then the insurance knows it and few years later then they have to file a claim for something and they will say are you mentally fit now and that's a vicious cycle because on one hand at that moment when you're going through this you may want some financial assistance so you may want to tell your insurance but when you tell them then at a later point and even your employer but at a later point your employer even would use that against you saying maybe you will not be able to take that stress does it that happen in terms of privacy protection or even in terms of a situation oh i definitely and over the last couple of years especially during the covid 19 pandemic there's been a lot of organizations and individuals that have been filing mental health claims against their insurance policies so that documentation is there and it's while the many of the employers if it's an employee you know don't you know they may not all be aware of it you know, a, a manager or hr director may be aware of a situation but uh, the rest of the people wouldn't but again yeah the insurance companies would know that and of course that would be a pre-existing condition which of course could impact that individual's ability for additional claims down the road if it uh, based on however the insurance policy and coverage is. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a huge concern. So, and I think that's one of the challenges with many people and not coming forth to seek help yeah. or, or therapy on helping with their burnout because they're afraid of how it's going to be viewed. Is it going to impact their finances? Are they you know not going to be able to get coverage? Is their insurance going to get, you know, skyrocket in cost or whatever because you know they're filing a claim that you know they need help and somehow we have to get away from that to make it safe for people to you know get the help that they need uh, if they're you know if they're dealing with prolonged stress or burnout yeah and thanks to covid at least we don't have the challenge of coffee conversations which release information like anything because then the coffee chat happens sometimes somebody doesn't have a burnout or doesn't have a problem but on coffee it is made like that 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's there's been some positives of this pandemic and and um, avoiding some things that you know many of us didn't really care to do uh, very often. So we'll we'll see how it all comes out as we exit this pandemic and um, return to whatever normal is going to look like in this world. And you talked about the challenges in protecting privacy. So how do you, as a professional, and I believe I can classify you as a small business or an entrepreneur, if I may call it like that, and no offense, but then you have very different challenges because somebody like a Fortune 500 company, they have to protect privacy or a hospital. They have the means, they have the equipment, they have the staff, and they have the budgets to do it. And as an entrepreneur, your primary role is to make sure your clients are served and of course you are served and then behind it sometimes when i talk to privacy or other professionals they say privacy is a burden how do you see it and how do you then ensure or what challenges do you face can you walk us through some stories like that yeah i think for me it's just making sure that any type of uh, confidential or any type of information around a particular client uh, whether it's an individual or a team uh, is saved in an encrypted way using software that I won't name because uh, you want to protect that as well. But you know, utilizing you know, a variety of different methods to make sure that uh, no one can access the information uh, without you know using additional securities, you know, additional keys, things like that. Uh, and again, working in healthcare, you know, that expertise and experience helped me, you know, remind me of how important it is to protect this information. So it's not just you know, saved somewhere on a Google Drive or something like that. You know, you know, Google does a okay job of stuff, but you know, I, I take it much further than that because you know, you can always get your email hacked and things like that. So, uh, for me, it was important to utilize that. And again, any any communications or things like that, you know, is I keep it, you know, using the same mechanism so that way, uh, any information that's shared to me that could be deemed private. Um, is is secured accordingly. Interesting, and that's very nice that you take care of those things. But I'm can under I I would I imagine that certainly this is a tough situation, the burnout that you're specializing in. But there may be ways in which you can preempt it or prevent it because there's preventive care is always better than remedial remedial care. So from privacy professional perspective any DPO or any privacy professional or chief privacy officer listening who have a very stressful job and even consultants because we tend to work when I was in my corporate life we were working 11 10 hours regularly and it was not 11 10 hours it was back to back meetings every hour you are in a meeting and every hour is demanding that somebody needs and now it's the same thing with clients because every two hours you are switching context and sometimes like even for this podcast today, a couple of hours, I was like, why did I book it? I need a bit of break. I need a breather. So I went for a walk and came back. So what would you recommend to anyone, but very specifically privacy related context? Because we in privacy, the challenge for us is we have to deal with multiple stakeholders. We right. need to know multiple laws. We need to be on top of the daily news because something can happen. And then we have to be on social media, I mean, at least for me and as an entrepreneur, I need to be on social media. A few days I don't post, I feel like I'm missing out. It's a fear of missing out. And then the, there is this new, that new, and you need to read it on top. And you can't read everything. So right. there's an overwhelm. There's a feeling of lack, missing out. 
and all those things exist. And then you need to manage yourself as your emotions. And then when you come back, you have your family, which expects you to be different or dip. And then on weekend, people expect you to be different while we have the list of we need to read this. We need to read this. This law is there. That law is there. So that's a very, very challenging situation for most people. And it's not easy. So the choice is what we don't do or what we do. That's a consistent choice every hour. So what would you recommend preemptively? I think preemptively, number one, you have to make sure that you take care of yourself first. And yes, there's no shortage of work. Um, there's no shortage of new things coming up. There's no shortage of new ways of cyber attacks and privacy breach attempts and all of that stuff. It's it's constant. It's it's a 24/7 operation. Unfortunately, or fortunately, our bodies are not designed to work 24/7. So we 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 can't. You're not going to be able to do it all. Um, you're not going to be able to read everything. So you have to be selective and and really fine tune. You know, if there could be, you know, 20 different trade journals that you subscribe to about privacy, you need to, one, scale that way back and, and pick two or three that you trust give you the best information. And, and it could be, and I'll, I'll give an example, like newsletters. Yeah, I get a ton of newsletters, but over the last few months, I've been unsubscribing from a lot of them because basically what I did is like, okay, I'm going to look at this newsletter and, you know, maybe not fair to do this, but this is the choice that I made with me was, okay, what newsletters do I purposely make sure to read? And I, I don't skip it. I'm like, I'm going to take time to read this. So I started moving those into a different folder in my email. And then everything else I just left and then I went through and I did a mass unsubscribe on a bunch of them because I'm like, I'm not going to miss those because I'm not really looking at them that much. So you need to have boundaries around what you consume and the time that you consume them because one of the reasons why many people burn out is you're switching gears and switching tasks all the time. And those tasks are not similar in nature where let's say you're going to have a phone call at this time, then all of a sudden you're going to, in 10 minutes later, you're going to start working on this big uh, spreadsheet or review a bunch of reports, and then you have another phone call. Those are different things. So start grouping like tasks together. So that way your brain is already in the mode of that type of work that you need to do. As far as meetings, we all know there's too many meetings. We, we know that. Uh, but what you said uh, before I started chatting about this is you you noticed on your schedule like wow I you know I overbooked I need to take time and go outside that's critical you need to take breaks in between your meetings uh, because if you don't you will break and in my situation I was going 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 and it all came to a crashing halt and then I couldn't work for 17 weeks so think about this you're a privacy officer. All of a sudden, you are out of commission and you are not able to work for four months. A lot of people are going to go, I can't have that happen. Like, Well, the way that you're living, it's going to. Or like in my situation, it my heart attack should have killed me. My doctor told me I was very fortunate to be alive. It should have killed me. So and there's a stat that the World Health Organization just released a few weeks ago. And it was data from 2016 that said, and it said over 700,000 people globally die each year of heart disease or um, was heart disease or stroke if they work more than 55 hours a week. 
I'm guessing most of the people listening to this right now probably work more than 55 hours a week. And that's information from 2016. So that's five-year-old data based on what we've seen in all the studies that I've been a part of and have, have researched. That number has got to be closer to a million people globally a year dying because they work more than 55 hours a week. Um, that is, uh, you, you can't work long hours. You're, you're not gaining anything. You're not going to catch anything by working the long hours. You're going to miss things. The more hours you work, the more tired you get. And the more tired you get, you're not going to see things. So your quality of work diminishes the longer you work. So you want, if you want to do great work, minimize the amount of hours you work, maximize self-care and taking care of yourself and taking those breaks in between the meetings just to get fresh air or uh, a drink of water, anything to separate and give yourself a, a moment to breathe. You'll be better, you'll be healthier, you'll reduce your stress, and then you won't burn out. Wonderful. And I think that gives me an analogy, which I listened to in a book. As I said, I listened to multiple books. Hmm? That was like you recharge your phone at night. You've got to recharge yourself at multiple times because every time we see every few hours, uh, is there a battery? Is it enough to charge? Is there a message? So you need to look within and say, Am I enough charged and do I have any alerts, notifications from my body which say take a break, take a pause, go for a walk, go for a coffee, go for a water or whatever you need so that you sustain your energy level rather than managing your work, manage your energy on a day to day basis. And your profound message reminds me exactly of that. So for somebody like you, I would like to ask you a question which I recently started asking on this podcast. Uh, and it's not to do with privacy or anything. So if you have to choose between two elements, that's one is health and one is wisdom, which one is the one we need more? And for somebody who's gone through the life journey that you have, and it's very challenging because the challenge I see is if you don't have the wisdom, you will not take care of health. But if you don't have health, how will you take care of wisdom? So I'm curious to understand how do you see it? I know there's no right or wrong answer, but perspective. For me, I would choose health. Uh, I would choose health 10 times out of 10. Because okay. if you're healthy, then the opportunities of life uh, are present and you're able to take on whatever whatever life throws at you, uh, opportunities, challenges, you name it. If you're healthy, you're able to be able to deal with whatever life presents. Wisdom is great, but if you're sick and laying in a bed, it, it's not going to serve you because you're not going to be able to use it. You're just you're just not going to be able to do anything if you're not healthy. Your 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 body's going to be using so much energy to deal with the health challenges instead of actually taking that wisdom and applying it in a way to make humanity better. So I would choose health over wisdom because, quite frankly, I think if you're really healthy, you, you'll gain the wisdom and experiences in life. So that's you end up getting both if you choose the health angle. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense the way you explained it also. And you've written these books, The Burnout Proof, The 369 Days. Can you tell us something about these, maybe in a few words? Sure. Uh, we'll start with 369 Days. That chronicles 
um, the heart attack and job loss and car and home challenge that I face, you know, and it does it in a way where it kind of walks the reader through uh, the the challenges that I faced and how I was able to overcome each one of those situations because each one of those are pretty devastating to anybody. If someone has a heart attack at an early age, that's pretty devastating. Losing your job is never fun. Having your car taken away or losing your home is definitely a, a, not a fun situation. Uh, and so each of those on their own were bad. All of them happened to me in a year. So that walks you through and how I was able to overcome it and make the necessary adjustments in my life to make sure that never happened again. Burnout proof, uh, it, it kind of piggybacks off of that and goes in and it describes in greater detail what burnout is, what are the signs of burnout that you tend to see in society, what are some things that you can do to prevent it. And also there's a COVID-19 chapter that I added to the book that talked about all the challenges of working remotely, uh, and that created a lot of new challenges and actually increased burnout in the world because people were working longer hours than they were before the pandemic due to homeschooling their children or access issues and IT challenges, being able to remote access, the hours are different, and it, it created a lot of stressful moments for people. So that's what that book's about. Both of them are available online. I know Amazon sells them internationally in, in different places, and I know it's obviously available in the U.S. and Canada, but you know, there's other, other ways to get the book as well if, if you're listening or watching this uh, from other parts of the globe. Wonderful. So now, based on this conversation, I have one final question because you consistently at least two times touched upon that there are enough opportunities in the world. You mentioned it two times at least saying don't need to worry about take care of yourself and when you're healthy when you're fit when you're fine the opportunities would be there what's the point of working out and get, getting burnt out and then not having opportunity opportunities will be there when you are there what do you mean by that i just had a, that observation yeah it's when you're when you're burned out you miss things you're not clear you won't see things and a lot of people work long hours because one they're afraid to lose their job believe me i understand what that feels like uh and other opportunities they think well i can never find another job they they, they start getting the fear of missing out but also a lot of self-doubt kicks into it and they think well no one will you know hire me i've, I've been stuck at this place forever which is not true uh, people are switching jobs all the time and finding new opportunities that are better for them. They exist. So if you're not happy in your role, there are other opportunities out there. Don't, don't feel so beaten down by your current experience thinking that every experience is like that. There are great organizations across this planet that treat their employees well, that run a really efficient ship, that give you the tools you need to do, your privacy job in a way that is is great and fulfilling to you because you chose this career because it was something that you were good at and you're interested in and all of that so find the right environments where you can thrive in those types of roles without feeling so beaten down and de dejected by you know what's happening in the world and and your role wonderful so what i get is there are enough opportunities when you are fit and when you're not fit you tend to think that there are lack of opportunities and tend to go into a spiral which is not leading you anywhere but problems, but challenges. 
So wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for your time. And if I may ask, because based on this conversation, maybe somebody says, hey, I want to contact this guy. I love Michelle and I want to contact him. I hope not for burnout, but maybe for preemptive conversation or talking to you and having some tips. How can they contact you? Where can they contact you? Yeah, best place to find me is at breakfastleadership.com. And I'm also on most of the social media channels. Just look for the letter B and then fast leadership, or you can look up hashtag breakfast leadership. That should uh, drive you to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram uh, tends to be the, the places that I tend to, to find myself. But uh, breakfastleadership.com, there's a contact uh, section at the bottom of the homepage and you can fill out some information. Be more than happy to have a conversation. And what is this breakfast corner uh, leadership all about? Because if we can give our listeners a context, then it makes yeah. it easier for them to come to you. Yeah, the the organization, the name came about when I was working, when I first launched the organization, I was working with C-suite executives and senior leaders uh, on burnout prevention. And typically the only time that I could ever get their attention is was first thing in the morning uh, at breakfast time before they get into work and get deep into the trenches of, of the daily work that they did in their organizations. So if we met first thing in the morning before they started their day, and that was a way for them to start off their day the right way, get, get some information and, and some guidance to make their days flow a little bit easier. And it made, uh, made a big difference. So that's where the name came from was, you know, breakfast leadership, because I, you know, I love working with leaders and uh, breakfast, you know, tends to tie into the first thing in the morning. So the, those names came together and the network part of it, the breakfast leadership network uh, came about because I, the organization ended up morphing into kind of a media type organization because I've got my show, the breakfast leadership show, uh, content creation. I have a blog on the breakfast leadership site, um, that has all types of business information and tips and guidelines on a variety of different business topics. Uh, of course, you know, the print media from that and then writing books as well. Uh, it, it kind of morphed into a media company as well. So, uh, that, that's kind of the umbrella for, for all the work that I do. You give me an idea. Think about privacy at breakfast. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so thank you so much. It's a wonderful conversation, Michael. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And now we ask you for some help. Take a moment to subscribe and review this podcast. Your support matters. And if you have done it already, thank you so much. Now, if you have questions or suggestions, drop an email at hello at fitforprivacy.com. And finally, if you know someone who will benefit from this, share this podcast with them and help us grow. Thank you so much. Stay safe and see you next time.